I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. uh, On ESPN, 98.7 ESPN Radio. David, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you, Anita? Everything good? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, uh, before I, I know we're going to do a deep dive into all things golf because that's what we do. You and I, we love it so much. Uh, but you know, really interesting tonight. I, I was on the heat. I like the heat getting the seven points. And when when we did our our daily wager show, Giannis was doubtful. When we did our bet show, he was questionable. I still like the Heat, but Giannis plays, and then suddenly he leaves the game with a knee injury. I, I, I really, I like the Bucks and what I saw, especially with Middleton coming back. Now, obviously, he's dealing with you know not playing a hundred percent with the hand. Now he's got a knee injury. You know, I the East now a really, really big question mark for me. What say you? I mean, I think the Bucks are right there with the Celtics in terms of best teams in, in the East. And I know we talked last week about going into the break and with Giannis possibly hurt how the Celtics could run away with it. Obviously, Giannis' injury was not as bad as we thought. Here he is tonight, but he didn't play many minutes because he got hurt again. The Bucks are just a really good team. You forget that they won the title a couple of years ago. Um, they're really, really good, and I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Boston and Milwaukee, depending on the health of Giannis. But Top to bottom between Lopez and Holiday and, you know, Middleton, they're just really, really deep and really good. And, you know, tonight's game, Giannis plays, Giannis doesn't play, doubtful, questionable plays, plays six minutes. Ultimately, it didn't come down to him. It came down to the fact that the Heat shot 9 of 40 from beyond the arc, and Milwaukee shot 19 for 46 from beyond the arc. When you have 10 more three-pointers than the other team, you're Mm going to win the game. It's that old adage, if you outrush someone in the NFL, you're going to win. Well, you have 30 more points from the three-point land, you're going to win the game. So tonight, Milwaukee was hot. I mean, they shot 48% from the field and 42% from three-point land, and he couldn't buy a bucket. So it was disappointing. You know, you and I both moved for the heat. Um, and, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, maybe a little win a first-round series. Uh, but this team is not good enough right now with – the age and injuries they have to make it past the first or second round of the playoffs while Milwaukee and Boston are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Again, before we start diving into some golf, uh, Jake Paul going up against Tommy Fury, uh, the brother of. Um, 62% of the betters um, are on Fury to beat Jake Paul in a highly anticipated boxing bout, as we know. I, I, I know Jake Paul rubs people the wrong way, but there's something about him like I like, like I, I know he's obnoxious, all those things, all the things, but there's something about him. Like I'm going to be rooting for him. Right. Like what, what, what's your anticipation, what's your anticipation in regard to like the viewership? Like what do you think the draw is going to be here? Like, I, I think it's a pretty significant draw. Don't you? It is just because of who's involved. I mean, Jake Paul does have a trillion, billion followers on all the social media platforms, and 
good for him. He's turned being an influencer into a career, and now he's a boxer. And people are going to tune in, and, and I'll be honest, it doesn't interest me. I'm not the biggest boxing fan to begin with, but if I'm going to watch a boxing fight, it's going to be you know, of a Tyson-Holyfield-type thing or the other Fury-type thing, not necessarily Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul, which right, people are going right. to watch and they're going to sell tickets and all that stuff. But, I mean, Jake Paul has surprised us before, so it wouldn't surprise to see him win. Uh, but people are going to watch, and that's what people want to do. Good for them. I will be watching. I'll probably be watching some mixture of UFC or, you know, reruns of the Honda Classic third round because I that's that floats my boat or XFL <laughs> football that'll be on the next two days. <laughs> so you're again, uh, David Behrman joining us here on 90.7 ESPN talking about the Honda classic. Uh, it is about that time of the year where the Florida swing begins and it starts with the Honda classic at uh, PGA national. Um, all right. So at the top leaderboard is Justin Sue. He's 10 under he shot six under today. He's got a 22.4% chance of uh, of winning on data golf but right behind him is chris kirk i like chris kirk a big reason why listen one of a solid ball striker which it which is is a metric that you need to win here but also so far in two rounds he's gained plus three strokes in putting and that's not typically him he's not known as a phenomenal putter but he's actually doing well here and i think it's a really big reason why he's nine under He's second. He's one shot behind Sue. And Datagoff gives him a 24.7% chance. So Data, even though he's one shot back, Datagoff has Kirk Chris, Chris Kirk, uh, favored to win this tournament. What say you? And if I'm picking between the two then, between Justin Sue and Chris Kirk, I'm picking Chris Kirk. Uh, looking beyond the box score and into some of the numbers. Uh, Kirk is really the only one in the field from top to bottom that's in the top 20 in all of the shot game category. You mentioned, you know, increased putting. Is putting is the only one that's out the top 20, but that's not necessarily a surprise. But being 38 is different than being 138, where you usually find him. You know, this is a guy who hasn't won uh, in about six years, and that's because of the putting, but he is putting very well. And if you look at what he did today, Tita Green, he led the field in that, and, you know, that's a metric. Uh, that you and I have both talked about before, especially at the Honda Classic. If you're good tee to green, you're going to be there at the very end because that's what wins the Honda Classic. But his, you know, you look at what he did today. I mean, it was bogey, it was birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie across the board. He had the best round of the day. Obviously, took advantage of the fact that there was no wind early in the morning. You know, the odds are about the same. You said he has a better percent chance based on uh, data golf. Uh, he's both of them, if you look at most of the books, they're both about 320 to 350 to win it. And I think you're getting pretty good odds because he is one shot back. And if I had to pick between the two of them, I, will, I would pick Kirk. Yeah, I, I like Kirk a lot. Some other players that uh, I liked coming in that are, that are somewhat close to the leaderboard. Svensson, he's tied for 16th. He's four under. He shot four under today. Um, I, I like him to finish in the top 10 and you could get that at uh, at, at plus one eighty. Um, Muronk, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Uh, one of the first uh, Polish golfers uh, to, uh, to to make the cut in a PGA Tour event. He's tied for sixteenth. He's four under as well. Um, I like him to finish in the top twenty. 
you can get some good odds there. Um, Billy Horschel didn't finish strong, plus three today, but he's two under. He's tied for 28th. Billy Horschel plays extremely well on Bermuda Greens. Um, he does very well in Florida, so I do like him as well, possibly to finish in the top 20. Again, he fi- he finished tied for 28th today. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to think there's one more player out here that I'm looking at. Maybe it's Bramlett. Um, it, 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 is there anybody, other than the winner's circle, right, is there anybody that you're well, looking to finish in the top five, top 10, top 20? Yeah, I mean, Billy Horschel was somebody that I had pre-flop before the event. I took him at 25-1. to 1. I was excited yesterday to see him. T won at the end of the day. He did do as well today playing in the late afternoon where the wing did pick up. Um, I also have a top 20 ticket on him before the event, so I'm probably going to double down and take him to get in the top 20 again at about 180-200, depending on what book you do. I do want to throw two other names at you, especially if what we expect the wind to pick up over the weekend today was a different type of Honda Classic. You don't really rarely see this event played this time of year without wind. But if it does pick up, look out for Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry is someone who plays well in this event, plays well in windy Scottish Open-type weather, so if the wind picks up, uh, I expect Shane Lowry. I'm going to play him in the top ten at plus 110 you're getting plus money because he's currently outside the top 10, but I think he can sneak up there. And to keep an eye on Byung Yang An, currently T10, he's already there, and you can get him to finish in the top 10 at plus 160, which, again, he's already there. He's somebody who's playing pretty well, and he plays this course well. So those are two names that I'm going to throw out there as potential top 10. Uh, it wouldn't stun me if they're also in the mix come Sunday because what we've seen with the Honda Classic before, especially on moving day, there can be a lot of carnage. And if you look at the top of the leaderboard, it's not like we had a who's who of, of PGA Tour winners up there. These guys are not guys who have won often on tour. Uh, we talked about how Christian Kirk hasn't, Chris Kirk hasn't won in about seven years. You know, you have a Monday qualifier right there, T3 and Gerard, Ben Taylor, Ben Martin. These are Eric Holt. These are not household names. So it wouldn't stun me at all to see a young young on or even a Zach Johnson T10 right now sneak up there because being four or five shots back at this course means nothing when the wind picks up. So uh, I don't expect the leaderboard to look like it does right now come Sunday. The one guy that I would think would stay up there is Kurt. Uh, David, before I let you go, again, as I like to call you, the gatekeeper of everything gambling for us at ESPN, uh, I, I know we've got a number of, of columns that are uh, that are coming out uh, getting everybody ready for March Madness. So why don't you let them know where can they find those and when? Yeah, right now we have our UFC uh, fight night stuff that is up there on the site right now, as well as our daily NBA and NHL preview content that we have. Uh, come next week, Dallin Cuff, who I know has been on your program before, he's going to have a college basketball betting check-in come Monday on ESPN Shock. And then as we get closer to March Madness, we're going to rev that up a little bit, all on uh, ESPN.com backslash chalk or click on sports betting at the ESPN app. Fantastic. Great stuff as always, David. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, my friend. Absolutely. Have a good night, Anita. You got it. David Behrman joining us. Uh, all things uh, gambling at ESPN each and every Friday night when we do host Weekend Wager. Still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. I like to call it moving day, right? I do like Chris Kirk to win it. You can get him at plus 330. Uh, Finishing the top three at Sony as well as the American Express. Great ball striker. He's gained four strokes tee to green. Putting three strokes as well in the first two days. I I feel truly that that's been the difference maker for him is his hot stick. Uh, Data Golf has him as a 24% chance of winning this whole damn thing. So you know what? I'll I'll throw some money down at plus 330 that he wins. Also, Svensson. If you uh, listened to me prior to the tournament, I liked him finishing in the top 20. He's uh, tied for 15th right now. Uh, Plays well on Bermuda. Actually, won on Bermuda this season at the RSM Classic. Um, And he's gained two strokes putting his first two rounds here uh, at, uh, at, at TPC national so i like him to finish in the top 10 at plus 165 and last but not least billy horschel didn't have a great second round but so he's tied for 19th he's a seven-time winner on the pga tour uh he missed the cut last week but a lot of times players feel that that's a good thing heading into another tournament because now you have more time to pair for that course and that that style of play he always play, plays well in Florida. Again, I think a big reason was is, is because of the Bermuda grass. So uh, I'm going to play Billy Horschel to finish in the top 10 at 2-1. to one. Why not? So my money's on Billy Horschel, Svensson, and I love Chris Kirk to win this whole damn thing. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to go from the Lynx to the Diamond. That's right. I know. It's already here. A uh, number of players already reporting to spring training. And a lot of big storylines, especially here in New York. The Mets, the Yankees doing big things. Marley Rivera, who covers the Yankees and does a phenomenal job, was kind enough to join me on my bet program as well to talk about Aaron Judge and the season that we can expect from him this season uh, with the Yankees. Let's listen in. 
spring training will be here before we know it. And no bigger storyline, right, than Aaron Judge and what our, what our expectations are for him this season after an unbelievable season last year. So what, what has Aaron said about the pressure heading into this year with everybody hoping he repeats such amazing success? Thank you so much for having me, Anita. Always great to hear you and see you. But I have to tell you, the pressure is maybe twofold. Him becoming, right, the first Yankees captain since Derek Jeter retired in 2014. You know, the, the 16th Yankees captain, that's a lot of pressure too. But at least on that, you know, on that front, Aaron Judge ain't going to change. Things are going to be exactly the same in that clubhouse. I even asked manager Aaron Boone today whether he addressed the team. And, of course, they were very cagey. They don't tell you what they say. Right? It was right there. And then afterwards, I said to Aaron Judge, you're the captain. Now, are you going to address the team? And he said, Marley, no. I'm going to continue doing what I do, doing those small group conversations. If I have to talk to the infielders, if I have to talk to the outfielders. So I think we need to worry if Aaron Judge is going to be a group address. That's not going to happen. But he is very excited about this year. Now, it took 61 years for him to break the American League home run record and, of course, surpassing the great Roger Maris, the Hall of Famer. Can he do it this year? We actually exactly asked him that. Can you do it this year? And he said, you never know. You, you never know. Uh, one last question before we let you go. We know how great the, uh, the Yankees are in the regular season, but Marley, it never seems like they can get over the hump in the postseason, huh. right, in October, November, and win that championship. What do you feel is different this year, heading into this season, that maybe this is the year uh, they do win that pennant? Well, Anita, you know your baseball well, being in New York, and you know it's always about pitching, pitching, pitching. The Yankees relievers were outstanding. Of course, the first half of the season, the rotation was too, but then those injuries got them, and they really need a very strong performance from that rotation from their ace, Garrett Cole, who also had a historic season you know, last year, surpassing none other than Ron Guidry, but we know in that strikeout record, but they're also going to need help from that big left arm that they got in Carlos Rodon. That is something that even Judge mentioned specifically how, you know, that big one-two at the top is going to be crucial for the Yankees and another maybe monster year for Luis Severino, who is going into a free agency year. And we know that sometimes the free agency years are quite interesting, as we saw from Aaron Judge this year. So it's about rotation, 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 and the Yankees have a much better one this year, but that's what we said last year, and they got swept by the Astros. But at least the Astros don't have Verlander. That's true. He's in New York. He's with the Mets. <laughs> Marley, thank you so much. Keep him kicking button, taking names, Marley. You do such a great job covering the Yankees. Look forward to seeing you on bet in the future. Let's go back to Doug Kazarian in Las Vegas. The spring training is going to be here before we know it, Doug. Aaron Judge, 6-1 to one, to lead Major League Baseball in home runs for a second consecutive year. Reaction or no action? Well, this is like 51-49, really close. But I'd say reaction. I actually think he has the disposition to play in New York like he did and return and follow up a season like he did last year and off the big contract. I mean, there's a lot of pressure and I've talked to coaches who've come through ESPN as an analyst in all sports and they say a lot of guys sometimes get that first big contract and they almost play differently. Like they have to produce more and do things and it's trying too hard and it really can mess with your head. I actually think Judge is, is comfortable in his own skin, knows what he does and what he, he can do and he can handle the pressure that comes with being the Yankee captain. Now that's a new label for him and all this. So I actually think six to one is worth the price. Um, I'm surprised it's not like four or five to one. So again, real close for me, but yeah, let's have some fun and root for Judge Dingers. 
It would be fun, obviously, to put that money down on Aaron Judge, especially a number of people here in New York. But I'm going no action here, right? Like 62 home runs, 131 runs, a 3-1-1 batting average on the season. Just ridiculous. But keep in mind, Doug, it was a contract year, right? And what did that equate to? Nine years, $360 million. He is 31 years old. He will be 32 this calendar year. And I have some health questions. And this was a big reason why I was really reluctant uh, that the Yankees re-signed him to this deal. Because the last two seasons have been great for Aaron Judge, right? 148 games. But previous to that, the last three seasons prior, he missed 113 games. I just don't know if he's going to be as fortunate health-wise to play as many games as we, we've seen him play the last two years. And without that that uh, that incentive of wanting that great contract from the Yankees, I just I just don't see it happening two years in a row. So no action here for me. Again, so much talk, so much speculation. Uh, you know, is there going to be a regression? With Aaron Judge, I just, I think it's what you can expect. But still, I mean, if, if the dude hits 45, 50 home runs, it might not be 62, but it's still going to be good enough, in my opinion. Quick break, we come back. Still more coming your way. It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to We Can Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Servadido joins us. He covers all things NCAA college basketball, college football. And, and so, Dan, let's, let's dive into it. You know, we are just weeks away from, obviously, Selection Sunday, finding out what the bracket is going to reveal. I, I'm expecting a lot of parity. I think, I, I think the parity in this year's March Madness bracket is better than in many years post. Uh, so I guess my biggest question to you is, what are your top four, obviously, your 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 four number ones? Like, who do you think is going to be the four number ones in the tournament? Yeah, well, well appreciate you bringing me on. Uh, it's my favorite time of, the month, time of the year on the sports calendar, so I'm ready. Um, my, my number one seed, you know, 
I guess kind of chalk are, are a couple of them, Houston, Alabama, and Kansas. Uh, specifically with Kansas, you know, 14-5 quad one record now. It's impossible to ignore now after a couple of big wins uh, lately. But, you know, the defending champs deserve that number one seed. I think no matter what happens in the Big 12 tournament or how the rest of the season wraps up, I think that kind of locked in there. Um, and then I got a little bit of a surprise one. I think they're going to sneak into the, the one seed by Selection Sunday is UCLA. You know, the Bruins' only losses this season were two November neutral court losses to Illinois and Baylor, and, then, and both of those were close games in the second half. And then two road matchups in Pac-12 play against Arizona and USC, which are kind of both understandable, one, you know, against Arizona and the other, you know, rivalry matchup against USC where they always play them tough. So, But I do think UCLA is going to – their body of work is going to show out. Um, it's either, to me, Arizona or UCLA for that fourth spot to sneak into the number one seed. So I do like UCLA to come out ahead. And and so let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if, if you were putting your if you were putting the, the bracket together, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, UCLA, uh, would would Kansas and in, in what they've been able to do would they be your overall number one or would it be Alabama? I think yeah, I would have Alabama third actually behind Houston. I know Alabama beat Houston earlier this year, but um, you know obviously this this current situation with Brandon Miller and Alabama it's it's a little iffy, and I, I'm wondering if. Brandon Miller will be playing, you know, whether it's tonight or, you know, in other games, if he's going to be playing and how effective Alabama is going to be, if this is going to hold over their heads. Um, I could see Kansas moving ahead of both Alabama and Houston. Um, I, I think they have a right to be the number one overall seed. And this will be the first time, right? Like, let's just say they're the number one seed. Let's see. They let's say they they win. They do take the tournament. It'll be the first time uh, we've seen a repeat performance since Florida did it back in two thousand six and two thousand seven. So you know, obviously that would that would that would say a lot, right? Yeah, it's really impressive what Kansas has done this year. I mean, they lost so much from last year's team that won it. Um, you know, the, their main holdovers, you know, Jalen Wilson playing like an All American type player this year and their point guard, Dawn Harris. Uh, but they, they've really gotten contributions from players who I think, you know, my, myself included and others, thought maybe they wouldn't be as strong of like a one seed um, this year and obviously not number one overall seed. But, you know, the, like the freshman they got, Grady Dick, has, has been really good for them. Um, Kevin McCullough, the transfer, has been stepping up for them. So, but, you know, as long as they have Bill Self and, and Jalen Wilson has been phenomenal this year, they're, they're beating teams on the road in the Big 12. They're, they're taking care of business left and right. And it's just at this point, it's impossible to ignore how impressive this, this job has been. Uh, you know, repeating would be would be tough, but they definitely have the talent to do it. Dan Servadidio is joining us here. College hoops and football as well. College football analyst for PickWise and Fantasy Alarm. Okay, uh, so we've got, we've got your top four, right, intact. Uh, who do you feel? Who who are the? Let, let's go. Let's start with the bad before the good. Who do you think are the the teams that are going to be out? That once Selection Sunday comes, folks are going to be like, oh no way. For me, I, like like teetering on that line for me is like UNC, Utah State, New Mexico. Who who do you feel are your like four that are going to be out? Yeah, North Carolina is definitely on the the wrong end of the bubble right now. Um, they need to, I think they need a strong ACC tournament run and possibly to win it outright um, to get the auto bid. But I think they're they're just in the ACC. It's just tough because there's not many opportunities to get you know quad one uh, win on their record, and, and they don't have one right now. Actually, they 
they've lost all their tougher matchups this year. Um, so they just their resume just does not stack up against some of these other top you know bubble teams. Um, so I do think North Carolina is going to be maybe they sneak into the the first four in Dayton, but I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. Um, and then a team that I'm watching that you know maybe they they sneak in is Texas Tech. It is one, mm-hmm. you know the Big Twelve has just been a really tough really tough stretch for them, but their their metrics their advanced metrics are a lot better than their record says. Um, and they, their team, like if they go through the Big 12 tournament and start reeling off, you know, knocking off a team like Kansas or, or Baylor or, you know, Kansas State, you know, if they, if they get a, a couple of key wins, they're, they're all of a sudden their record and, and their resume is going to look a lot better than, you know, teams like North Carolina or Utah State, you mentioned New Mexico. So, yeah, they're a team I'm looking at maybe on the outside right now, but they could sneak in. What about some of the teams that you feel, other teams that potentially could sneak in? Wisconsin, USC, Mississippi State, Nevada. Do you like any of those guys? Yeah, I really like Nevada a lot. Um, they're they're just really impressive to me. Um, every time I'm watching them late night at Mountain West Conference, they're, they're always just outperforming my expectations this season. I mean, they got... Steve Alford, he's you know former UCLA coach who knows what it takes to win late in the year, and uh, they got plenty of talent transfers coming in. That you know Jared Lucas, who, who made a run with Oregon State a few years ago, so they have guys that that you know are better than just like your normal Mount West Conference team. Um, so I I do think they're going to get in, um, and Wisconsin's another one. Like they they have a couple of you know the big. The Big Ten has been tough for them, um, but they're, they're like right in the bubble right now. I, I think that they need a deep run in the Big Ten tournament. If, if they get a pull-off win, you know, say they match up against a team like Purdue, or, or uh, you know, if they beat some of the other bubble teams in their in their you know conference, um, I think that they can get in. So I do like them to make a stretch. You know, they dealt with a couple injuries this year, but I think if they play their best basketball over the next couple of weeks, they can get in. Um, last thing I want, well, well, two last questions before I let you go, Dan. Number one is, you know, looking at the conferences, right, and the number of teams that come out of the conference, like Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, they're going to have anywhere between possibly nine to seven teams. Uh, when, 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 you're looking, when you're looking at the bracket and you're choosing who's going to win in advance, you know, how much weight do you put, in the, in, put into teams that come from conferences that are more competitive than others? How, how much does that weigh in, in your analysis? Yeah, it definitely weighs for me. Um, I think like a, a team like, you know, compared to a team like Houston, um, who, you know, all respects to the AAC, but it's just not uh, nearly as good as the Big 12 or Big 10. So their level of competition is, is definitely easier. And, but, but that's a team where I do think they're going to they're gonna be strong throughout March like they have been in recent years. So that's kind of the outlier. But if you're, you know, you mentioned like Memphis, you know, Memphis is a team where they they might struggle from not facing top tier programs and proving it. Um, but if you know the Big Twelve is is one team, like I mentioned, like Texas Tech could be if they sneak in and they're on a you know the the first four, if they're like a ten seed, they could easily pull off that first round upset or win a couple games just because they've been facing better competition than if they're matched up with you know a, a higher seed like a an NC State who might be a higher seed and, and better record overall, but the ACC I mentioned is just not is very down, and, and the level of competition that teams like North Carolina State or even Duke have faced is just not on the same level as you know the bottom tier of a team from the the Big 12 or Big 10. So 
Yeah, that, I take, definitely take that into account. And, um, you know, it's interesting when, you know, betting odds and all that, when they come out for these first-round games once uh, after Selection Sunday, you'll see a team, you know, from the Big 12, I think, that's maybe an 8, 9, 10 seed that might be even favored um, over a team like, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Duke, NC State, who just maybe not as tough competition and in and, and most eyes are, aren't as proven. I hear you. All right, before I let you go, we talked about, you know, what your your four ones. Of course, Houston favored to win the tournament plus 650, Alabama 9 to 1, Kansas plus 950, Purdue 10 to 1, Arizona 14 to 1, UCLA 14 to 1. Give me a long shot. Give me a team. I'm 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 expecting a lot of parity this season, right? So, you know, is it Tennessee at 25 to 1? Um you know, give give me a long shot out there that you feel might come out of no Baylor at twenty to one. Is there a long shot out there that you're looking that that could really shock the world this year? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm staying away from Tennessee. They, they've been looking terrible to me lately. Their offense is just something I can't trust. They have a really good defense, but the, their offense is something I can't trust in March to get buckets down the stretch and, and pull out close wins. Um, I do like some of these Big East teams that have strong offenses, high-powered, uh, high-scoring, up-tempo attacks that could that could definitely make a run and surprise teams. You know, teams like Marquette, uh, Creighton, Xavier. Like, these teams are maybe not viewed as you know the Big East isn't as strong as it has been in recent years, but some of these teams could easily pull off wins just because of their offensive game. Um, their defenses are a little bit of a worry for each of them, but. You know, Marquette's a team for sure that if they get going, like teams just can't catch up. Um, same thing with Xavier at full strength. So uh, I do think, you know, one of those teams can make a run. And, and if we're going, you know, kind of that category, I think like a team like Gonzaga, you mentioned Baylor too, just these strong offenses that, you know, maybe their defense is a little bit of a question mark, but if their offensive game is clicking, then there's really no one that can compete um, at, at the top of their game. So, you know, Gonzaga is a team that's, you know, not at the top uh, odds-wise or or seeding uh, this year as they have been recently, but they'll, they'll definitely surprise teams if they get the right matchups. All right, I want to thank Dan, of course, for joining us here on Weekend Wager. Always great getting you ready for March Madness. It will be here before we know it. Second best sporting event on my sports calendar, that's for sure. A number of people, of course, who joined us on the show, David Behrman, Stormy, Jordan Renan. I want to thank everyone, especially our producers, Julian and Chantel, who uh, a lot of moving parts on this show. So they do a phenomenal job. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Tomorrow on Wednesday, little re- revolving chairs, right? I'll be on somewhere around 3, 30, 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Usually I'm on from noon to 3. But because we've got some games that are going to be played here on 98.7 ESPN, my time slot has been moved down. So I'll be on sometime around 4 o'clock tomorrow on Saturday. Definitely tune in then. Really do appreciate it. Anita Marks with you. Again, you've been listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.